Welcome back to another Impact Tonight, another Impact to Education Leadership. This is episode 107. I'm your host, ID3, for Isaac the III. Tonight's panelist is Buddy Thornton, the positive social change agent pro. Buddy Thornton, please say hello to the people. Good evening, Isaiah, and uh, very, very welcome to be here tonight, and I think we have an exciting topic. We do have a very, very exciting topic, and long overdue. The topic is, what is choice dynamics, and why stakeholders should embrace the concept? Making personal choices is foundational to being a member of a rights-based free society. Unfortunately, in many contemporary settings, choice rights have become systematically absent. For example, leaders, teachers, parents, and caregivers focus on limiting or controlling the choice matrix available to children within their sphere of influence. While sometimes necessary, the decision to delay how children learn to make optimal choices within the natural development stages has increasingly led to devastating, devastating effects. On the functionality of society, Every possible social environment is negatively impacted and every definable social group needs to embrace a readily available solution to all stakeholders proactively. As a solution, parents and teachers would benefit more from enhancing their competencies as it relates to tonight's topic, choice dynamics and its domain. So this is a topic that, buddy, you have been talking about for quite some time. We had uh, spoke about it and linked last year in 2020, especially during the pandemic. And you were seeing some things that were going on in our society and you, you came up with this this process, you came up with this curriculum uh, to help us, I would say, combat uh, those negative um, experiences, uh, especially as it, as it relates to uh, those um, in disadvantaged communities and in uh, disadvantaged settings. What was in your heart? I know you're very passionate, man. What was in your heart? Could you describe to us what you were, what was going on through your mind? What experience uh, was in your internal environment? What was in your external environment uh, that caused you to come up with such a powerful, powerful concept like choice dynamics? Uh, that would be how I would like for you to describe this for us tonight. Well, I appreciate the prompt, Isaiah. First, I have to give credit to Dr. William Glasser, he has a process that he calls choice theory. Now, he's a psychiatrist, and he works with people who are uh, affected with uh, a plethora of mental disorders and have a lot of different problems in their environment, and they uh, 
disassociate. And the reason they do that is because they have challenges, obviously. And when you go through some of his writing and you look at the way choice theory looks at things, he comes up with one thing that keeps coming up over and over and over again when he works with his patients. And that is that he tells them that they need to focus within. Instead of worrying about other people, instead of worrying about other things in the environment, they need to worry about themselves. They need to focus on the one because you can't do anything about what other people do. You can't control what's in their heart. You can't control what's in their mind. You can't. You certainly can't control their actions. You need to worry about you, and because you can't control other people, you also need to disassociate yourself from their outcomes. You also need to disassociate yourself from their expectations. And so I extended that to what was happening in society and around me, and I started looking at some of these disadvantaged populations that I'm working with and some of the people that come to me and say, why am I keep on having these same similar outcomes? And a lot of it was because they were being supercharged into thinking that they had to meet other people's expectations and they had to fit into some type of a mold that was not of their own making. And so I said, you know what? Choice theory is an f- incredible foundation. Dr. Glasser certainly deserves credit for that. But there needs to be a way to turn that into a social movement and a platform that allows people to not only understand how they can create their own environment, but make it a lifestyle, make it a, a life movement and make it some type of a mental construct. And some people say a mindset. So that is what drove me to start looking at a way to put it together as a platform and as a program to develop and give to people. Thank you for responding to that question. And, you know, when I hear you talk about uh, this choice dynamics, I I feel that it is life-changing. It is a life-changing concept. Uh, I believe that it could be, and it should be, like you said, a movement, and it should be a, a, a way of life, a way of life that will help guide guide our our, our leaders, guide our, our parents, guide our teachers, guide uh, our caregivers, right, uh, with a certain core value, with a certain type of character, with a certain type of disposition, right? And, and that will affect a, a certain type of mentality, I believe, right? And with this mentality, I, I want to ask you a question because you are an influencer. You are Buddy Thornton, the Positive Social Change Agent Pro. And you earned that name. And you earned that name because you have experienced many things um, in your uh, environment, uh, whether it be internal, external. Bidirectionally, you have uh, evolved based off of these experiences into uh, the person that we love and call uh, the pro-social change agent pro. So as this change agent, 
I want to ask you a question, but I want you to give us a non-biased response like you always do. And with that being said, what is choice dynamics and why should social stakeholders embrace the concept? What makes what makes choice dynamics so valuable for educators, for organizational leaders, and for caregiving institutions? That would be my question for you. Well, that's an excellent question. And it's actually two parts. Number one, what is choice dynamics? Choice dynamics is a framework of how a person takes a need that is in their environment, in their sphere of influence, and divines a way to get from point A to point B within their quality world, within their environment, to benefit themselves and the people around them if possible, but definitely focused on self-efficacy. Choice dynamics needs to start with the self, because if you cannot uplift yourself, you have no business trying to uplift other people. And when teachers and parents and administrators and community leaders are looking at why people are not fitting into a framework, it's because they're not understanding that they're not giving people an opportunity to uplift themselves. People don't need saviors. They need to understand how to make proper choices for themselves. So we need to start with the framework of what fits that framework. Number one, we need to define choice. Choice, after everything else is considered, is a solitary affair. We shouldn't have to make choices based on other people's expectations. We should not make choices based on other people's demands. When you go to work, is it because you have to go to work, which basically makes you an indentured servant to your employer? You go to work because you want to go to work because the money that you make as in compensation allows you to do the other things that you need to do to fulfill your world. You want to be there. It is a choice. The alternative choice is you don't go to work. You don't have to go to work. You can choose not to go to work. Therefore, there is no shackle that drags you to work. It is a choice. So again, choice after everything else is set aside is a solitary affair. Why should stakeholders embrace the concept? Because people need to understand that they cannot enforce a choice on somebody else. You really only have a way to motivate people, influence people. There's two types of motivation. There's extrinsic motivation, there's intrinsic motivation. Now people make hundreds of choices every day. You make those choices based on intrinsic motivation for the most part. If you're making a choice based on an extrinsic reason because someone else is convincing you that you're going to do it, you're going to do it with half of your mind saying, do I really want to do this? Should I want to do this? 
is this going to be beneficial to me? But if you intrinsically choose to do that, it is going to be because you have made that choice yourself. You were not dragged kicking and screaming to do it. Therefore, you are highly motivated to get it done. And so stakeholders need to understand, trigger intrinsic motivation, set aside extrinsic motivation. Don't tell somebody, I need you to do this and I'm paying you to do it. You need to find out what are the intrinsic drivers and you need to trigger those intrinsic drivers. We need to know what makes people happy and what makes them want to do something, not have to do something. If we're going to have somebody in our sphere of influence, we might as well give them a way to make a choice that they want to make. You know, there's a lot of different ways to look at that. There's a lot of different things in motivation. But when you look at motivation, you have to know what's there. You have to strategize what's there. You have to put an action in play. And then you have to let people decide, and their motivation is way more important than your ability to drive that motivation. So that's, that's the key. That's the foundational key. You let them understand that they are the ones making the choice, and you're going to get them there more often than not. It's called co-creation. You allow them to choose to be there as opposed to demanding that they are there. That was excellent. That was excellent. As you were speaking, I heard these different processes come across my my desk uh, or across my mind, you know, as it relates to decision-making processes, right? As it, as it relates to uh, positive social interactions as it relates to all those things that fit under the umbrella of positive psychology I believe that's relevant for this topic I believe that's relevant for this conversation with those components that I heard you speak about what came to mind for me as a listener were, were four components. I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to ask you to explain more of, I guess, the matrix here coming up. But with those components, I saw motivation, which leads to participation, which causes you to have meditation before you can go into operation. And with those components, I that's what I gather. And I may be a little be I may be a little bit off skewed here because uh, you gave us so much information. But if you could break that down uh, for us, like you always do, into bite-sized pieces, right? This complex process that we we're talking about now. If you could give us an explanation, an explanation that's relevant to this decision-making process in a form of a matrix if you have one already. And if not, you know, we're not going to worry about it. But based off of the structure, based off of your theory, based off of this concept, this framework, this theoretical framework, my question, buddy, through the Positive Social Change Agent Pro would be what impacts 
or better yet, or influences, right? Does choice dynamics have and what coping strategies are optimal for improving one's choice dynamic matrix? Is, is, that, a, is that a fair question to ask? Did, did that make sense? Yes, Isaiah, actually that does. That fits the framework very well. Let me uh, explain two things. Number one, uh, when, you're, when you're really looking at how people look at motivation, they really want to be in charge of what's happening in their lives. When they have to be coerced into doing something, there's always going to be a hesitation factor. I believe that all leadership academies, all leadership uh, schools of thought all bring everybody back to if you can trigger intrinsic motivation, you're going to always have a winning process versus a losing process. Everything in the action cycle is, and the action cycle is understanding the knowledge, strategizing based on the knowledge, creating an action plan, and the action plan must trigger intrinsic motivation because that's the most powerful form of motivation. That is what activates and opens the door to someone making optimal choices. So when you're making an optimal choice, this is not a framework that just appears out of thin air. We need to understand that if you're going to ask someone to make an optimal choice, it just doesn't, you know, this is not something people are born with. Parents like to make choices for their children. And understanding children, obviously they have a lack of experience. They don't really, they don't come into the world and automatically just know a lot of things. So we have to do some things that build on choice dynamics. And there's five steps. Number one, we have to give them a framework for making choices. And the way we do that when they're very young and very small, we give them choices. They're very small choices. We control the menu. We can ask them perhaps what they would like to eat for dinner, knowing that we have a menu and we're going to give them two items. We already know what we would like them to eat. And we give them a choice that we would prefer they eat something we know they're going to want to eat and something that they are not going to want to eat or not as preferred, and we already guide them toward a choice they're going to make, and we've already included them into the matrix, so we can guide them along the way, and we get them comfortable making very easy, simple choices. And as they get a little bit older, because we've given them that framework, we can give them a little more difficult choices. And that's the practice portion. That's step number two. Over time, we give them slightly more difficult questions. We allow them to start participating in some of those choices. And then we expose them to a broader environment. We allow them perhaps to pick out some of their clothes, or maybe we allow them to pick some of their entertainment choices. We give them a taste of experience. And when they make a bad choice, we don't create a discipline situation. We use it as a learning exercise and we circle back to practice and exposure and we keep it in that two, three, and four step range and we give them support and we build on the bad and the good choices until we get them comfortable understanding that when they make a suboptimal choice, they can 
move forward and make a better choice, and they can course correct, and we teach them how to course correct. And over time, because we give them the support and allow them to course correct, what we find is as they get a little bit older, they get into the preteens and then to the adolescent and then the mid-teens and then on, they course correct a lot easier, okay? There's a framework called the competency-incompetency matrix. Uh, it's uh, basically unconscious incompetence working through the conscious incompetence and then conscious competence and then unconscious competence. And what that is, is when you're trying to learn a new skill, you're unaware that you don't know the skill until you're presented with it. It's a new novel thing. And so you don't really know about it, but you want to learn it. So then you are exposed to it, and then you become aware of it, and you start working on it. Then you get to level two, and you, you're conscious that you want to learn it, but you know you're still not real good at it. And then as you start to learn it, you become minimally competent, and you become competent enough to get it done. And then as you continue to do it over time, you pass from being a learner to a master. Now, in the sports world, we have a saying. Amateurs do things until they get it right once. Professionals do something until they never get it wrong. So in the choice dynamics matrix, a learner is going to continue to make mistakes until they can course correct their way to not making those mistakes. And that is how choice dynamics evolves through those five steps where we give them the framework, we repeat the framework, we give them the practice, we allow them the exposure to new novel ideas, we give them the experience, and we support them over and over, and we allow them to course correct, it bridges them from the unconscious incompetence all the way to mastery of choice dynamics. And by the time they get to their upper teens and early 20s, they understand how to make self-directed choices. And if everybody was doing this, we wouldn't have the kind of problems we have. The coping strategies, well, okay. What impacts or influences choice dynamics? It, mostly explicit biases. Biases drive bad decisions or at least very, very narrowly focused decisions. Sometimes, let's look at today's environment. Right now, we have a huge misunderstood rights versus interests context. A lot of people are focusing on, I want to defend my rights, and I'm not going to think about anything else. I want to protect my rights. Well, what they don't understand is that you don't need to protect your rights. Your rights are yours. They will always be yours. You can set them on a shelf. They're never going to go anywhere. You can go right over there and pick them right back up at any point in time. What's more important than your rights is your interests. Right now, whatever your interest might be, you can set your rights aside, focus on your interests until you achieve your interests, and then you can go back and pick your rights up and keep right on going. You know, there's a lot of different things. We have kids who go along, even with bad decisions, bad choices, because they want to fit in. The go-along-to-get-along effect or the fear of missing out. They choose to go along even with a bad idea or possibly with a negative influencer because they want to fit in. That's a kid thing, and it's a young adult thing. Well, you know what? Those are influencers that damage choice dynamics. That 
really, really impacts the ability to make positive choices. How do we cope with that? Well, we work on getting them to focus on interests, but we have to understand what are their interests. And the only way we can do that is to get to know them. Parents, teachers, caregivers can all understand what a student or a child's passions are, what their interests are, and we can get them to align all of their behavior and all their choices, and we can put the choice dynamics matrix to work, getting them to chase their passions. And any time an outside influence comes in, expectations from others, hey, why don't you come do this with us or whatever, we can gently prod them back in line with their passions. And if their passions are strong enough, they're going to ignore the expectations of others in favor of their interests. Now, we're going to want to make sure we protect their rights. We want to make sure that we explain to them that they have to, at times, protect their rights. And we need to defend their rights for them when they have the inability to do that. So we keep a balance effect. Choice dynamics is not only about teaching them how to make proper choices, but also teaching them that as being a member of a rights-based society, your interests are radically important to you, but your rights follow right behind. You've got to make sure you keep them right there. So, you know, those are very important, you know. To me, choice dynamics is about choice ownership. If you're letting expectations from other people direct your choices, you're giving up the ownership of your choices. So choice ownership is personal agency. Do you want other people to run your life or do you want to run your life? We, we can't do that. We need to be the ones making those choices. If our boss wants us to do a job, he still wants us to have agency over our productivity. He wants us to have agency over our choices because when we make positive choices, his business runs properly. He benefits as well. So the options we need to understand is this is what's always on the table. When you, you only have certain outcomes when it comes to influence. So when someone tries to influence you, you're either going to choose to comply, you're going to choose to be as good as you can be, or you're going to walk away. That's the only choices you have. You're either going to have an optimal outcome, you're going to have a suboptimal outcome, but it may be acceptable, maybe not. You may be having a delayed outcome because, oh, you're not buying in, but you, you, you haven't made up your mind yet, or you're going to have an unacceptable outcome. When you're making the choices, you can focus on an optimal outcome. So, you know, the only, if the only choice you have is a bad choice, the better choice is to walk away. You, you know, Buddy Thornton, the positive changes, but we're, we're, we're out of time. Uh, but listen, will you come back? Because there's much more we got to talk about with choice dynamics. Will you come back? again and talk more about uh, this topic this discussion choice dynamics oh this is you know this is part of my life work and i uh, isaiah i'm more than welcome to come back hopefully i didn't drive you completely crazy because when i start getting going on this no, topic no. i can go all day <laughs> no 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 you know and and when i heard you talking it reminded me of a form of choice dynamics i don't know if you were practicing it 
uh, practicing it then, but there was a, you, you came to one of uh, our mentoring sessions that we had, and there was a, a young man there, uh, I call him Mr. M uh, for his privacy. And, uh, you know, he was he was breaking things, very aggressive. And um, I, I was, you know, I was talking to him and and you pulled me to the side. He was like, I said, let me talk to Mr. M. And, uh, and I saw the way you support him and I saw the way you exposed him to uh, a type of choice dynamics because I, I saw and I heard you giving him choices uh, to make and he did it in a way uh, that he could uh, participate but then you didn't judge him if he made mistakes and and you were there with us the whole day and I, I just want to know I just want to ask I know we're out of time but I just want to ask like what was that a form because it worked whatever you did uh, with this young man, it actually worked, and he started to change. Uh, he started to uh, actually transform into someone uh, else that was very healthy, that was very uh, positive, and he began to be more social with the other uh, kids that we were, were mentoring because at first he was kind of isolated, uh, kind of to, to himself, and he would throw things and hit. But what was that? Was did I witness choice dynamics? What was that? Isaiah, what that was was that was exposing him to the ability to make a choice to either anchor on a negative affect, feeling like he was a victim of a system, or making a choice that he could change his life for the better and do it immediately that day and I anchored him on making a choice to make one change that day just one change and the options that I gave was to sit back and listen to what was happening in the classroom and just see what the positive and negative behaviors were and when he had an opportunity to interject himself into the class in a positive way, to take it. But if he did not, to choose not to act. And obviously you saw the outcome. And over a period of time, he understood that each day he needed to make one change just one minor change and that's how choice works you need to course correct yourself i told him that no one else was going to do this for him and that is the, that's just planting a seed from a tiny acorn grows a great oak and that is how we take every child and turn them into a functional adult absolutely beautiful you convicted him and from that conviction I saw conversion. And when you left, he continued to grow because of that guidance. You helped him cross the bridge. Choice Dynamics helped that young man cross the bridge. It made him aware of who he was and that allowed him self-acceptance. Listen, we're out of time. Uh, is there any takeaways that you want to say before we get out here? I believe that 
most people want to do as good as they possibly can every day that they're on this earth. I believe that most people, if given the opportunity and given the framework, they will always make as good a choice as they possibly can. It isn't about whether they want to do it. I think some people are mired in exactly where Mr. M was. They they feel like they are lost in the weeds, they're lost in the forest, and they need just a gentle nudge in the right direction. And I believe that it only takes that one, that just that one kernel, that one chance that goes right. And once they see how one thing can go right and how they can grow on that, it makes all the difference in the world. Listen, this was another impactful night in the Impact of Education Leadership. Tonight's topic was what is choice dynamics and why stakeholders should embrace the concept. We have tonight here again, Buddy Thornton, the positive social change agent pro. This is episode 107. Good night.